Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Sean Smith. The issue of sexual harassment and abuse is leading newscasts everywhere. And it's especially newsworthy when it affects those in show business and broadcasting. As an industry, we need to ask ourselves, are we doing all we can do to bring this issue into the light? Are we talking about it in the right way? And are we creating a healthy work environment for our employees in broadcasting and media? Katie Summers is a morning host with New Caps Amp Radio in Calgary. And in February and March of this year, 2018, Katie made news with an on-air admission that she too had been the recipient of inappropriate comments and physical contact by Headley's Jacob Hogard several years ago while in the radio station at her workplace. It has sparked an important dialogue. Katie, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm honored. Well, listen, I'm I'm so sorry that this happened to you and from a broadcast industry perspective, I'm very sorry that it happened in the workplace. I wonder if we could just to set up the conversation, uh, can you summarize just just the high points, the experience you had with uh, Jacob Hogard of Headley a few years ago? Yeah, so it was uh, seven years ago. I had just started working uh, at the radio station I, I work at now, AMP in Calgary, and I was pretty new. I was like three or four months into the job. I had just been promoted from weekends to doing nights, which I mean, at that point was a big deal for me career-wise, but uh, they had come in to do an interview with uh, another show at the radio station. Uh, I was in the studio. I was I, I was excited to meet them because I had been a fan of them for a long time. Jacob, especially when he was on Canadian Idol, my mom and I used to watch him on that show all the time. So I was really excited. It was kind of a high point for me um, in my career at that point. I hadn't mm-hmm. met anybody famous. I hadn't really interviewed or talked to any you know artists or bands before. And... You know, the interview was over. Uh, I was uh, introduced and I was just like, hey, like, I'm a big fan of yours. I I really, you know, love your music. I just saw you perform not that long ago. And he made an inappropriate comment to me, propositioned me. And out loud, like, it was a joke, but it was pretty graphic and, you know, pretty dirty. And then we did a photo and I was kind of shocked, so I didn't say anything. I I don't think I spoke a word after. And then right before they were kind of ushered out to go on to the next radio station, he, you know, just reached down and he touched my rear end and touched my butt and Mm. out the door they went and they were gone. And it was so fleeting and this really sort of quick moment and all happened very fast. Mm. Now you, uh, it's well documented on the air, uh, the piece that you did with your co-host. So uh, anybody who wants to to go and find more about that uh, can hear that. It's quite, um, uh, quite jaw-dropping, really. Um, I imagine mm-hmm. you wrestled with the idea of sharing this with your audience. W- what gave you the courage to do that? Honestly, um, I had... I, it's not something that I took lightly, definitely, um, because I had told the story once before, back in November, when the Me Too movement really started to pick up speed. We were just hearing about, you know, Harvey Weinstein and all of those allegations in Hollywood. And we were, we're doing a segment on the show. Cause I mean, we talked to young women, that's our core audience uh, at the radio station. So it was important for us to share personal experiences, you know, with this kind of thing. Right. But in that moment, you know, I wasn't ready to expose this person. I, I mean, as far as I knew at that point, 
I could have been the only person, you know, right. that he had ever, you know, talked to that way. I mean, I, there was no assumption and no rumor or any allegations that he was sort of acting this way with other people as well. So, and of course, like we play there, you know, at least 10% of our radio play for Canadian content at AMP alone, you know, when we were still playing them. So mm-hmm. I just, I wasn't at this point too, not, I hadn't really told anybody about it. My boss knew because I was like, Hey, I'm going to tell the story, but I'm not going to name any names. And then when all of this stuff started to come out a few weeks ago, I was like, this is really interesting because, you know, a lot of people are saying these girls are lying with their stories on Twitter, but a lot of the stories are similar to mine. And I was like, I had that experience with him. So maybe this is a pattern. Maybe there's something more to this. So um, I talked to my boss and he encouraged me to tell the story. It just I wanted to make sure that I told it the right way. Any hesitation that I had was just because the message that I was trying to convey was more important than my experience, if that makes sense. Right. Because it wasn't about me. I didn't want it to be about me. I just wanted it to be, I wanted to be a voice for those people who were being called liars or, you know, not being believed because they were staying anonymous because they were scared. I was like, well, this happened to me, so I'm going to put my face and my voice out there and be that person that gives these people credibility and gives them validation because they deserve that if, the, if that really happened to them because it really happened to me. But it was not something that I took lightly. It took me about a week to decide for sure if I, if I wanted to, to do it. Well, we're glad that you did. Now, when you go back to the time that it happened, did you have an opportunity mm-hmm. to tell anyone or uh, was there something that prevented you? I'm just trying to get into the, um, the mindset uh, that you were in after it happened. Yeah, I mean, I I can tell you absolutely with no hesitation that I could have talked to somebody about it. I definitely, you know, I had I had a boss, I had coworkers, you know, outside of the one who was in the room when it happened. Like I could have brought this somewhere, but I didn't. I chose not to because I was scared I would lose my job. I was scared that as a young female, pretty new uh, jock who had really just, that was my first, you know, major market job for a music radio station. It was a really, really big deal for me. And I was so scared that I wouldn't be supported. I mean, we're talking about at this point, and I mean, Headley, they've always, they've had this very, you know, long spanning career. They've, they've always been really popular in top 40 radio, but at this point they were just really, like they were playing stadiums, you know, they were playing arenas. So they were quite popular and quite famous. And I had all the same fears that I think most people have, when they go through something like this, I was scared that I was going to not be believed or not supported or I would get fired because this other person who had said this thing to me and touched me in that way was much more important and much more powerful than, than me. Well, and this is the most tragic thing in my mind is that, um, and thank goodness you weren't uh, hurt uh, or physically, uh, you know, uh, impacted. However, Mm -hmm. the idea that you would have to um, be concerned for your job is the part that really gets to me personally. And I think that um, I'd like to think that we're at a place in this industry where um, that isn't the, you know, the the reality. Um, My sense is that now more than ever, it's the reality that you could uh, bring it forward. Do do you think the industry at this point needs to do more to support women or anybody in our organizations who've been subjected to any kind of sexual abuse, mental or physical? I mean, I absolutely think that women have it much harder 
in the media industry than men. I mean, especially radio specifically, it's such an old school sort of boys club business. Mm -hmm. And there are so many young, you know, talented female radio jocks who really want to make a difference. And I feel like they don't always get that platform because they don't get the right job offers because they're women. You know, like I, I hosted the morning show on amp for two years by myself, which is pretty unprecedented. There aren't many, you know, solo female jocks on the top 40 major market radio stations. Um, and I was really lucky because I had the right, the right management who were there to support me and who believed in me. And it was so, even I was surprised by it because I have had, bosses and other jobs that were not like that, that weren't supportive, that weren't encouraging of, you know, moving forward. And I I do think that now having put my face out there with this story, I I think that there has been a precedent that has been set, at least I hope there has been, where, because I'm sure I'm not the first person who's experienced something like that, whether it's with a singer or a, you know, a program director or who knows, you know, and I really hope that now going forward, especially in radio, is that women, if they feel that way, if they feel overpowered or they feel like they're in a situation that's made them uncomfortable, they can say something without the fear of being fired for it. Katie, I was so shocked to discover how many women friends of mine posted their uh, Me Too stories on Facebook or just the hashtag Me Too. I, I was absolutely taken aback. I think that's because I probably am a guy and um, and probably this issue hasn't occupied the front of my mind like it probably should and 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 will going forward i'm sure um i think it's this is very important for men in our industry to hear and understand because i just think Mm -hmm. most guys just don't see it however uh well-meaning i think too like and it's not just men i mean women and men for the last however many years not we're not guilty of anything but i think we just sort of conditioned ourselves to think like oh it's okay like it's you know I I mean yeah I'm sure that I've had many experiences where I've been like out of the nightclub when I was younger and stuff and like guys you know touch you and you didn't want them to and you yell at them and there's all these experiences but I think that the big issue is that it's not that we are trying you know people like me both men and women who have experiences like mine whether they're on the smaller scale because mine you know is on the sexual assault like severity scale quite low I mean yeah a a man touched me in a way that I didn't ask for um he didn't get my consent which I think is the the more underlying issue but Mm -hmm. you know all the way up to the allegations that we're seeing that are quite severe you know when it comes to rape it's it's really it's a really tough like ocean to navigate but I feel like there's just not enough people who are willing to sort of open their minds to the change it's not that we you have to be scared of what you're going to say to every woman going forward or, you know, bosses can't say you look nice. You know, it's not about that. It's just about, you know, understanding what is respectful and what isn't. And because I think, you know, the stigma has always been, well, like men do this to women and it's okay. We just brush it off. It's like, you don't have to brush it off. You can, if that's how you choose to react to it, great. If you're a strong person like that, cool. But there are people, there are women who go home after an experience, even like mine, that are emotionally affected by it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a point of saying it's okay to feel that way and to talk about it too. You know, like it, it's not a witch hunt. It's not always a, about ruining someone's life or career, but it's about being able to talk about it and have somebody listen. Well, I think you uh, definitely have helped uh 
folks within the industry and and uh, in the in the country in general um, think more about this and and get to talk more about it. Um, the support mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like has been really great at the station with Ed, Melissa, and everybody there. Um, yeah. Um, I, and the conversation just seems like it's it just keeps on going. How was it this morning, for instance? Uh, I mean, you know what? Today we we went on the air and we did a show and it was like we it was just kind of back to normal you know mm. because look the last oh, five days have been crazy <laughs> like they it was really unexpected everything that happened you know I really only intended when I went on the air that day and told my story I only intended to talk to those who were listening I wasn't thinking about you know whether the news would pick it up or anything like that I was like look if I can if there's one like let's say 10 girls are listening to our show and one of them hears my story and hears me say, like, it's okay to talk if you're ready to talk, and then feels brave enough to go and open up about their experience with sexual harassment or sexual abuse, then I, that's all I cared about. It wasn't about me. It was about them. And um, today we went on, and, and I mean, it, it was tough because that another CBC article had just broken um, with another woman, you know, alleging that Jacob Hogarth had non-consensual sex with her. Mm -hmm. So... It's sort of like until I think they actually go on their hiatus and this indefinite like tour break that they're talking about, I think it's going to be the top of mind for a lot of people. And I still have people messaging me, telling me their stories, which I'm telling you hundreds and hundreds of people have messaged me since this all happened, mm. saying this was either my experience with that same person, or this is my experience with sexual misconduct and sexual harassment in general. And I've never told anybody this before, but you going on the radio and telling your story made me feel brave enough to tell you. And I'm like, that's all I want because I'm listening and I believe you. You know, that's those are the three words that make all the difference. I believe you. I hear you. Well, look, it's a it's a wake up call for men. It's a wake up call for our industry. And it's a wake up call for any uh, person who is, let's face it, a uh, an industry partner came into your place mm -hmm. of work and and put abuse on you and that's just yeah. not acceptable and um nope. at any level and you've just helped you know perhaps even uh somebody within the industry who's grappling with this right now so and i look, hope so that's i mean that's really all i can hope for look i admire your poise and the poise with which you've conducted yourself throughout this and look i hope it's clear sailing for you from here forward katie Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And thanks for talking to me. I really, I appreciate it a lot. Katie Summers is a morning host with 90.3 Amp Radio. She joined us from Calgary. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.